everybody. I'm just going to go ahead and get started. I know y'all noticed that I'm not my dad. <laughs> and true, I am related to my father. We do happen to look eerily similar and act eerily similar. But he is not here in person. <laughs> he wanted me to tell you guys why. My dad and Selena and Courage and Sela and Savannah are at Glen Iris Baptist Church this morning. Um, if I don't know, this is my dad's 30th high school reunion, and he was asked to organize it. And so they had a wonderful time all weekend, and they wanted to go to Glen Iris Baptist and to um, surprise the pastor there, who at the time was their high school principal. So they all went to kind of be there and just to remember, I guess, the good old days, as people do at these kind of reunions. So he said to tell everybody hello, and so did Selena. And thank you guys for letting them go and be a part of this really fun kind of um, nostalgic time to get to see people they hadn't seen in 30 years. And um, so just wanted to say that to y'all. But we're going to keep going where we are headed um, as a family right now, which is we're talking about faith. So we're going to hop around a little bit. I'm going to kind of take us to our key text. So if you want to go to Ephesians, we'll go ahead and read that. And if you also notice while we're going, there are this is August. It's the dog days of summer, so there's people out on vacation. As we prayed about earlier, if I want to be praying for Alicia, she's healed. But she was having some pretty substantial um, stomach pains last night. And uh, so they just stayed home because she was up all through the night with that pain. And so we already prayed for her. She's healed, but they're watching online. Um, and so people were just out and enjoying themselves, which is always fun. And the baby, oh my, okay, when this is over and my phone is not recording, Tabitha, I'm going to show, I'm not putting it on Facebook, I'm going to show everybody the picture. But um, the baby came, Alicia and I yesterday, I actually just saw Alicia yesterday, uh, in the morning we went to see Tabitha in the hospital. And so I'm glad you said that. And so um, we went and saw Tabitha in the hospital, they're doing great, recovering, they should be coming home today, they think, but the baby, oh my gosh. He was so cute and we were there like an hour and a half and he made the, the whole time he was making that little frowny old man face like his eyes were all closed and I don't know if you can doing a very good job but it was very cute <laughs> and his name is Charlie Joe or Charlie Joseph so I don't know when they'll be back with us I know they're gonna be resting and stuff but I brought to something I'll announce this again at the end but um we are gonna do a meal train of sorts this upcoming week so I will put a piece of paper out, and if y'all would like to help, I know the church will do Monday. We'll cover tomorrow's meal. Uh, we're going to get have to make sure they're home. But just to feed them and their kids so they can just rest and get settled, and they're not going to be sleeping a lot, as y'all know, if anybody's had a baby. Knows. And so just to feed them. So we're hoping to have meals, I want to say Monday through Friday or Saturday, depending on how many people want to participate. So I will have a sign-up sheet if you want to just tell me if you already know what day you would like to bring. They're not picky. They have five, six kids, so um, like they won't eat anything, I think. So just if you want to, if you know what you want to bring and just want to write it down, I'm also going to put it in the group me, and we'll just see who wants to do what on what day. Um, I will make sure I get her address and see. I think we've probably been delivering the food around like 5:30 or 6 or something if we can. And if y'all can't bring it to work, we'll come get it from you, and the church will come out and take it or something. So we'll figure all that stuff out. But we just want to bless them because y'all. If anybody's had kids knows that that baby time is you don't sleep a lot and you're not thinking about food because you can barely keep your eyes open and (laughs) 
And then I think she was telling, Miss Tabitha was telling me that two of the kids are going to be home. They homeschool, but uh, even like her mom and her sister and all of them who would be able to help them a little bit more. School starts this week, and her sister is a teacher, and her mom has kids are in school. So it's just like a busy time for everybody and her family. But they're loving the baby and doing well, and and uh, can't wait for everybody to see them. So. But we'll go ahead and get started. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are talking about faith, and in the past several weeks, we didn't do it this Sunday. We did it differently this week, but um, we've had everybody come up to the front and receive communion because you realize that by grace through faith, you're saved, which means that, yes, the table was prepared for you. Christ already did his work. He had it all laid out. He never asked you if you wanted it done. He just did it because he loved you, and then he asked us to respond in faith. So faith is a response. I think we all can understand that. We've been talking about that. Faith is a response to what God has already done for you. And we live our whole Christian life. We build our life on that foundation. Oh, Christ has worked and moved. And I respond to what he did. And if that's for healing, provision, whatever you need, peace, We know that everything we have is because Christ has already moved and we're responding. We're stepping into what he has done for us to receive it. And that's really cool, but I want to talk about something today. I was thinking about it. We're talking about faith and like faith to to believe that. You know, it takes faith (laughs) to say, like, I believe that God, we'll just let the little box talk to us, that God has provided, right? To reach out and say, you know what? I have a bill. I don't know how it's going to get paid. Has everybody ever been there before? (laughs) But I know that Christ gave me a promise that he would take care of me. So I just believe, you know what? I believe, Jesus, you're going to provide for that. Or if you're you're sick and and your body comes up, well, I know I am healed because I'm saved. Christ has already paid for that. And I'm choosing to step into healing and to receive it. And we get to do that for ourselves. We also get to do that for other people. Like we talked about last week, the four friends. No, Jesus said to them, he saw the four friends lower the guy from the ceiling. And he said, because of your faith, they had enough faith to rip somebody's roof off and drop their friend down. I mean, think about that. Talk about a Bible study. Had to call the roofer when it's over. <laughs> but somebody got, somebody got healed and saved and set free because their friends had enough faith to know if I can just get you to Jesus, you'll be okay. And he says, because of your faith, the friend's faith, he's, Jesus saw that. You know, there is something that, you know, it says that, like, faith is the evidence of things hoped for that you believe that you don't see yet. You know, you can see faith in people. Paul healed a man. And he was talking, he was teaching. And he says he looked at the man, and he was crippled in his feet, and he saw his faith to be healed. And he he said, all right, receive your healing, stand up. And he stood him up. 
It's, you can see it when it rises up in people, right? But here's the deal. Can I say something, guys? We have to be looking for it. It's hard to see something you're not looking at. That's why we talk about that verse. Now, we gather here every week, no matter who's on vacation and who's gone and who's doing what. We're here every week. We're not going anywhere. We're the family table. We just talked about that. Family eats every week if everybody's on vacation or not. And we come together to consider. And we looked at that word. That word consider means to look into each other's eyes and to see what's going on. So that good love and good works can be stirred up. What are you looking at? Do you know? Do we know each other enough to see that and, and just to know what's going on and to be able to share from our heart what's going on? So love and good works can be stirred up. You have to be looking. Man, that's, it's just, and I say that because we were talking about compassion, the compassion of Jesus. You know, it takes, faith is compassionate. Jesus saw the people. Anytime he performed a great miracle, he saw the people and was moved with compassion. You know, faith is a verb. Faith is meant to be active. Let's go to James real quick. We're going to hop around a little bit. Let's go to James. I just want to draw some things out. Okay? Let's go to James. We're going to start in verse 127, and then we're going to hop over to chapter 2. Okay? So James 1.27 says pure, and in some translations it will say true. So I'll say pure and true and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Let's hop over. So James chapter 2, we're going to start reading in verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? And that word dead there, we could say useless. I mean, I guess if it's dead, it's pretty useless, right? <laughs> Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by his works, faith was made complete or perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God 
and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So I know sometimes when you, we believe in grace here, so I hope you all understand that. Like we just read that you're saved by grace through faith. So sometimes I've heard you know people say like, oh, these this passage in James is like contrary to what you believe about grace. That's not true. It's not what it's saying. James is not saying, oh, you save yourself by what you do. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about your faith will compel you to action. It's, you know, I used to work with the homeless and a lot more. And when you, when you would meet somebody, you know, it's really nice to see somebody on the street and be like, oh, I love you. Let me pray for you. But if you're hungry, <laughs> it's hard to pay attention. If you don't have any shoes or a cup of water and it's 100 degrees outside. I, well, I lived in Oklahoma when I worked with the homeless a lot. It's hard to, hey, let me pray for you and just we'll just pray a blessing over you. No, I need to get them a sandwich. I need to get them a cup of water. I need to make sure they're okay. And then I'm going to pray for them and see where they're at. That's what it's talking about here. Like, yeah, you know, it's if you see someone in need, you got to look at the whole picture. Because remember, like, being saved is spirit, soul, and body. Being compassionate, you got to look at what's going on. Can they receive something? Can your, Does that make sense? And is that, like it says with Abraham, like, it says... That he took Isaac and put him up on the altar. Now he believed that Isaac was the son that God promised. And if you read in Hebrews, it says he believes it so much that he thought, well, if I burn Isaac up on the altar all the way to the ashes, God will raise up this son from the ashes. Because this is the son God told me the promise was coming through. So he was willing to stick his son up there knowing one way or the other, this kid... Is carrying the blessing. That's what James is talking about. But what was he showing in there? He was showing by putting with his faith what he believed about Isaac. Putting his son up on that altar. One way or the other, God, you got it. You told me to do it. Yeah. Now we know what happened. A ram was provided. Right? And then it talks about Rahab. He, they said, hey, if you'll let us down out this window, and you'll tie that cord in the window... This whole city's getting destroyed, but you're going to live in your family too. And all your family. Everybody that's in your house is living. So she, you know what she did? She let them down and tied that ribbon in the window. Probably had a triple knotted so nobody could take it down. <laughs> sure. It was, it was faith with her. Because see, huh? her line of work, your whole family shamed for that. Huh? Prostitution and stuff huh? like that. Yeah. But she was thinking about her family, yeah. although she was probably shunned by her family. Yeah. So when they said that, you know, mm -hmm. they said, well, just hang the cord down or whatever, and we'll save you and your household. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact, okay, and, and here's the thing. You have a prostitute going to a family that you've been mm -hmm. rejected by, and you're, you're going to your family. They already push you away, and you're telling mm -hmm. them, look, they're going to destroy the city. Come to my house. Mm -hmm. Well, probably most of the stuff took place. Come to my house and mm -hmm. you'll be saved. And, 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 and how, much, how much 
energy did it take for the, for her to get mm -hmm. them to do that? And so now they're there, and her whole family got that. That took faith. Yeah, it did. You know, it propelled her to action. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about today. I want to do something, guys. Let's go to Luke chapter four. I'm trying to do. I made myself a little promise last time I talked. I, we are going to read some scripture, but I promised myself I was just going to say what I wanted to say up front. There you go. And we'll back everything else up. We'll back it up with scripture and try to try to read, 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 and then talk about it. We're just, I'm just saying what I need to say. <laughs> Hope y'all see it. But it's just really, I've been thinking about this a lot as we've been talking. We're in Luke chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 17. And this is talking about Jesus. It said, And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then it says he sat back down and everybody looked at him. Why? Because he found him, Jesus found himself in Scripture. And he read this, and this was talking about the Messiah. And then later it says, and Jesus said to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he was calling himself Messiah. He's saying, this is why I'm here. That's what Jesus is saying. And we know what happens. The people got mad and <laughs> didn't want to hear it. But I guess what I want to say is this. We talk a lot about faith. And we talk a lot about, as we've been doing for weeks and weeks, about how the Holy Spirit has really just been moving in such an awesome way amongst us, right? And it is awesome. It's so cool when God moves in the Spirit like that when we gather. But I want to point out something, guys. Compassion is a move of the Spirit. Everything Jesus did when He came was out of His compassion for us. That's why he acted before we ever believed. Setting people free, healing them, preaching to them, telling them the truth. Those are all moves of compassion. Hey, I'm here. This is the year of the Lord. I am the Messiah. He showed it by what he said, and he showed it through his actions. And that's what faith is. I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like sometimes it's real easy to want the huge things, right? We want the huge, like, I want to see people out of wheelchairs and throw them off the stage and they're going to hop up and walk. And <laughs> the stories we hear about this great heroes of faith, and those things are wonderful. I want us to do those things. They, those are signs that follow believers. They're supposed to. That's normal. But I want to I wanna put this before you as something I've been really thinking about. Jesus also said, if you serve somebody a cup of cold water in my name, you've served me. So healing and serving somebody a cup of water, they're both acts of compassion. They're both signs and demonstrations and ways you show people this is who Christ is. They're both signs of your faith working. Yeah. 
It's not just about the big things. Because let's be honest, how much, I'm going to pick on you, Courtney, because I'm going to do it. You know, when I was young, I was so excited. Like, I'm not that old. But, like, I remember going to college and just being like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to college. It's going to be awesome. I can do whatever the heck I want. It's going to be great. Like, and I was so happy. But you know what nobody told me about? The bills. <laughs> okay? The bills. Oh, like, I have to pick an insurance and talk to people about, like, terms of insurance and, like, doing other things. And, oh, they want me to pay them every month. And I have to do this all the time. And, oh, I have to file my taxes. And, oh, I have to do this. And, oh, I have to do my... Now, I'm not, I can't ask somebody else to do my laundry because I live alone. So, if I want my laundry done, all of my laundry is done by me. All of my dishes are washed by me. And guess what? That is called being an adult. <laughs> and it's awesome. I love being an adult. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Waited my whole life to be an adult. <laughs> but I'm saying is this. Yes, being an adult is that 10 to 20% of getting up when you want to, going to bed when you want to, and if you want to eat cereal and ice cream for breakfast, you can, and all the fun things people talk about. 80% of it is the bills. <laughs> and the going to work when you don't want to. Does that make sense? And I feel like sometimes, let's be real practical here. Faith is very practical. It's a lot more practical than we realize. And I don't mean that to be like, oh man, that's bummer. No, it's great. It's good. It means it works in your everyday life. In the bills and the laundry and the stuff and the things, it works. It's being nice to people. That's a revolutionary idea. Just being nice. It's seeing a need, a basic thing. Oh, somebody's tire's flat. Oh, Somebody needs some food, or I hear somebody's having a baby, or well, they need some help, or they need somebody to watch their kids so they can go to the doctor. You know, all those things are as important and faith building and you and other people as praying for healing. Compassion is not always the huge things. Case in point, we all love the story of Jesus when he feeds the 5,000 and the 4,000. And that's awesome. That's a miracle. I, I don't want us to change our expectation. But hear this. You know what Jesus said? You know how that whole thing started? Hey, these people are hungry. We should feed them. We don't have any food. Well, let's provide. The miracle happens. It started from the most basic human need. These folks are hungry. In the case of the 4,000, they've been in the wilderness with us for three days and have had nothing to eat. They were all provided for. That's basic. That's every day. That's like making a sandwich up for yourself at lunch when you go to work. <laughs> you just do it because you got to eat. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take your faith outside of this mystical, magical 10 to 20% that we all are like, I'm so hungry for and I want us to see that because... Those are everyday things too. And I'm bringing it down to like the most practical everyday things. Because, guys, if we can't help somebody and be nice to somebody and, and serve in our everyday life, I don't know if we're ready for all the healing stuff. That's everyday too. But if you won't give somebody a bottle of water when they're thirsty 
You're probably going to be like me. You're going to send somebody in the parking lot one day and not pray for them when they're in pain. And be checked in their spirit and, they, and you can't find them in the store because you walked away from them when they were in pain. They go together. It's not like there's the big magical stuff and there's the everyday stuff. It's the same spirit. It's your same faith. It takes faith to ask somebody if they want help. I know that sounds weird, but have you ever have you ever thought about asking somebody if they need some help? <laughs> and you get embarrassed, or you're like, what if they don't need it? What if they get mad at me? What if they don't want my help? They're, and they probably are, and they, they don't they they don't want to ask because they're like, well, I don't want it. I don't know if I can ask, and can I expect somebody to help? Like, see what I mean? But like, it's the same thing. Right, you're being yeah. Right, you're being faithful, and if they yeah, if they say no, they say no. But you did what you were supposed to do. But it builds in you. I guess what I'm saying is, I am a, truly a believer, in that big things come from small things. <laughs> That's the picture we get in scripture. When you're faithful, which we know we talked about faith being a persuasion that we know that Christ has done what He did. We also know that faithful and faith, being faithful and faithfulness is increase because God multiplies things. God grows things from small to big. That's part of faith well. These are working definitions of faith. So if we want to see the big things in our life, you got to start small. Yeah. And how many, t- I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to share with y'all and how to pop that bubble that we all put do for ourselves of I want the big things but I'm but I'm scared in the small things. I'm the same way. I missed an opportunity yesterday to help a guy because I made a decision and it was the wrong one. <laughs> and I was so mad <laughs> at myself. Cause I was like, that was a moment. No, I'm not condemning myself. God forgives you, and I'll have another one. But I knew the moment it was over, I'd miss my moment. I made the wrong call. And I'm not mad. I was mad at the moment, because you all have to know me. I was mad. Then I had to say, well, there's no condemnation. I'll have another chance. But I see it now, and I ask God to forgive me. I'm sorry I missed it. I don't want to miss those moments. That was a moment to show somebody a moment of compassion, and I missed it. And that's as easy as it is when, you, when you're trying. It's, it's, I guess I'm saying it's, it's not as, it's as easy as we think it is. I'm not saying it's not hard, but you know what I mean? Like, it feels hard, but it's as easy as just trying. It's as trying to assume the best in people. How many times have we gone out to a restaurant or somewhere and, the waiter might be having a bad day. We don't know why. We don't know why that waiter's having a bad day. We don't know that they're 15 orders behind in the back. <laughs> or they just ran out of the thing you wanted and they didn't know it till they already came and took your order. <laughs> I mean, compassion. Oh, let's just assume. You know, I love that, the love chapter. We love to read 1 Corinthians 13 at weddings, but we'd probably be reading it every day. <laughs> Love considers the the best. 
It believes the best. Man. Well, let's see where we're going to go. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. pages are sticking together. I was like, that's not it. There you go. (laughs) Galatians 5, verse 6. says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails or wins in anything, but faith working through love. It really is a... It's not about if you're from the right place or you go to the right church or all the things we think it is or, you know, you went to Bible school or you went to college or you didn't or you dig a ditch or you work in an office or whatever. (laughs) None of that matters when it comes to following Christ. Your faith, once again, is by grace alone through faith alone. And faith works by love. It's what motivates us, right? It's what motivated Christ. Let's go to 1 John. Hopping around a little bit today. 1 John chapter 3. I've always loved, I find it interesting, you know, we all love John 3.16, and we hear that a lot. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Remember, he didn't ask us if he wanted him to come. He sent him. (laughs) Before we said yes, before we agreed, before we knew right from wrong, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then we come over here to 1 John we're going to start in verse 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. And I've always loved this. By this, we know love. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love... In word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It really is true that what you do matters as much as what you say. It's real easy to say a lot of things. How many people, 
I don't want to. I don't know. I have so many sayings from my grandmother. I would love to say. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my dad can get away with a lot. I don't know if I can get away as much as what he can. <laughs> but there are really good sayings for a reason about your your words matching up to your actions. People are watching you. They're watching us. If you, I mean, if you wear the necklace, if you wear the shirt, if you tell people, if you, they know. And I'm not saying that to be condemning or to make you freak out, but like, there. Sometimes I wonder if we're just not a, as aware of the fact that we live in a world that is like really looking for answers and are looking to you. And they. They're not looking. We're not looking for perfection here. Nobody can be perfect, (laughs) but for honest people, when I went to school, it was like I'll use some five dollar words because they're fun. You know, there's orthodoxy, which is right believing, and orthopraxy, which is right doing, and they go together. And I just wonder sometimes when we. It's so easy to, to miss things that are right in front of your face, right? There are people in your life, in my life, and I think about it all the time, that God has put there. Whether you like them or not, they're there. Anybody have about that? I, I know, Sophia, can I pick on you? I know there's times when maybe people get on your nerves at work. Okay. Miss <laughs> Monique says something. You know, Miss Monique, you probably love everybody. There's, there are times there's employees you think, that person was sent by God to see how far I can, can stretch. <laughs> but they were put there. They were. Maybe it won't last long. Hopefully. Yeah, they're teaching you within yourself. Yeah. But also, if we're considering each other, if we're there, what? We're there to put something in them. You know, I was talking earlier about, like, you know, we have faith. When we talk about faith, we want to see things happen in people's lives. But, you know, you have to be close to somebody for things to happen. There really is no substitution to time and proximity, there's not. If you're going to be in somebody's life and you're really going to make an influence, if you're going to disciple someone, if you're going to help someone, if for those who have children, if you're going to train your children, there's nothing like having them follow you around all the time, everywhere you go. <laughs> you have to have that time. You have to be that person. I call it, um, you have to be that immovable object in somebody's life. You know one of Newton's third laws? Of gravity and motion. That an object will be in motion until it hits something that's immovable. Because <laughs> it's going to stay in motion. Sometimes we need to be that immovable object. And we need, sometimes we need, and sometimes we get to tell people that. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just determine. There are people in my life I've told them, I'm your immovable, I'm your immovable object. I'm not going anywhere. 
You can do whatever you want to me. I'm not going anywhere. There are times I don't tell them, but I make that choice. I choose those people. And you know what's amazing is most of the time those people come to me when things come up, whether I told them or not. Because I'm that pesky person that won't go away. <laughs> I just keep popping up. It's like, do I ever play whack-a-mole? Oh, God. <laughs> that game where you're hitting the thing. When I was a kid, I loved that game. Sometimes we need to be like that in people's lives. I'm going to get rid of you, and they're going to pop up over here. <laughs> and you're just going to keep... Guys, that's, that's, like, that's like the Holy Spirit in our own lives, right? There are times or areas in our life we think, we're not, I'm not going to let you in here. And he just pops up, and he pops up, and he pops up, till we yield. Till we're forced to face the thing we don't want to talk about or deal with. And then you, you get to make decisions. But we can be that, like, if we're going to have what we were talking about last week, if our faith is a persuasion, and sometimes it's our faith that can move in someone else's life, you have to be in their life enough to know what that is. Yeah. To be able to, to have your faith move in their life. I really believe that. And faith, I guess, once again, it's not some mystical, magical thing like there's you and then there's your faith and you're trying to work at it. Like we were, I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago. They're working and working and working to build up their faith to something. And I'm like, well, faith is a response. Just say it's yes. A, it's a belief. It's a belief. If it's a persuasion in you. Yeah. You're not trying to work. You can't earn this. You just respond to what's been done. Now, if you don't know what's been done, if you're shaky in what's been done, then we turn to the Word of God. That's how you build up your most holy faith. You pray in the Spirit. You build up on the Word of God. You see, I mean, you see how these things work? They make up your whole life. It, if your faith moves in your whole life. And while we've been talking about your faith is a response to whatever is happening to you in your whole life. How am I going to respond to what God is doing and join in? I honestly believe, guys, sometimes I'm just going to close on this. I don't even know what time it is. I got plenty of time. Oh, my gosh. I just hopped right in, and we just got the business done, you know? (laughs) You know, I honestly believe. I heard this when I was in Bible school, and it makes so much sense to me. Some people are spiritually obese. Okay, let me walk this out with you. You know what it means to be... Did y'all ever watch the movie WALL-E? Am I the only one that's watched the movie WALL-E? Okay. Okay. Let's follow follow me just for a split second, okay? If you have it, Miss Eloise, I'm going to catch up. It's not hard. It's real easy. It's basically about these people that have to go on a spaceship and they have to fly away because there's no life on the planet because there's no plants and everything dies. And There's something else about that too. But the point is they were supposed to get up on this spaceship and live until they could make the planet habitable. But you know what happened when they got up on the spaceship? 
they had these TV screens and they're sitting in these chairs and they got really comfortable and you could order whatever you want and eat whatever you want. And by the end of the movie, when you see all these people, they're like 500 pounds and they're in these chairs and they're basically, that's the only way they can get around because they're too fat to walk on their legs. <laughs> Am I missing anything, guys, we've seen Wally? That's what happens. They consumed and consumed and consumed and consumed and consumed until they were fat. You know, most of us, I can say this, sorry, I know they're all laughing at me. <laughs> most, okay, so most of us, we, we just, we, I'm, I believe I'm speaking to people here for the most part who have been following God for a while. I'm the same way. And you know, there's an old saying, you know, you can get what you can, can what you get, and sit on the can. <laughs> most of us live our lives that way. We have been going to church our whole life. We have followed Jesus. We, go, we sit and we've gone to conference after conference and we listen to tapes and we read books and we go and we're sitting and we're fat. We know what to do and we do nothing. It's like eating 5,000 cheeseburgers and never getting off your couch. It is the same effect. You're obese. You have a problem. You need to do something. <laughs> It's not a lack of information is what I'm saying. We don't suffer in our world today, even in our church world. We don't suffer from a lack of information. We don't do anything with it. It's almost as bad as not having the information. There's a very fine line between being ignorant and not doing something and there's being knowing what to do and not doing something. It's called, my grandmother called that lazy. There's <laughs> <laughs> a very fine line. But we all do it. I'm not, there's no condemnation. I'm just pointing out stuff. But that's what can happen to all of us if we're not careful. We know what to do. We have a truth that will set the world free. We can go out and we can be somebody that somebody, I mean, I was thinking about this, and this is a radical statement, but we've been talking a lot about how, like, you know, we want to do the greater works of Jesus, but we don't want to do the easy stuff. But it's all the same. You're not going to do one without the other. If we're having a Bible study at my house, I mean, I'm just, this is a silly example. I'm just saying, and my house is all packed out. Could somebody climb up on my roof and think, if I bust out this roof and lower my friend down here and just told my told Audra up there to pray for this person, they could get healed <laughs> and know what would happen. We can have that's the expectation we have. We get to do the works of Christ in this world. It's what he asked us to do. Like we've been saying, if as T.L. Osborne said, if they can get to you, they can get to God. That's our expectation. That's what we carry inside of us. Through prayer, the big things, the little things, and all things. That's your faith at work. For yourself, because you know it works. For others, when they don't know it works and you're helping them build up. That's what we get to do. It's as easy and as hard as that, as I've heard it said before. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm just going to take it back to okay. the first scripture where it talks about having compassion mm -hmm. and having faith. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about the Wally, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> the Wally. 
Everything just, comes right. back to Wally. <laughs> so just, we're just using us for example, yeah. right? So God gave you, and we're just going to say this is the conference, right? Uh -huh. we just want to, Lord, help me to be a better believer. I, mm -hmm. I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. You know, show me how to walk more in you. You know, mm -hmm. you know, make make me like Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. And so, but God hear those prayers, mm -hmm. and He put it on your heart to have mm -hmm. a conference to teach that. So you're compassionate enough to move and say, "Hey, I'm having this conference. It's for free. Just come on out." And we're here, mm -hmm. and we're listening <clears throat> mm -hmm. to just to what you know God will put on the inside of you, because it's very apparent that you're anointed we've seen these things or whatever mm -hmm. so you're it's, it's not you teaching us you're just sharing what god has given you okay. and the holy spirit teaches us how to apply that mm -hmm. right okay so the compassion is you stepping out giving what god is saying okay. that god used you right yeah all right the faith part is for the people that came to the conference mm -hmm. to start using those things yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So Jesus never forced the healing on anybody. He, he'll, he, you know, he really didn't even pray for him. He just said, okay, take up your mat and walk. The person didn't feel nothing different. They didn't feel nothing until they got up, took their mat, and realized yeah. that they were healed. But the fact that they were getting up, that's faith. Mm -hmm. You know, God said, do this. You don't feel like it. The finances don't look like it, but you start moving in it. Mm -hmm. That's faith, and then everything just starts mm -hmm. happening or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wednesday night, I prayed for you know, you know Heather and um, Heather Cornelius and yeah. Dusty's um, daughter. Yeah, some accident happened. Some her leg was just blue, and she was limping the whole night. I don't know if you saw her Wednesday mm -hmm. night, but she was limping the whole night. And so I was working with the youth Wednesday, and um, and so I just had to. I, I saw it. You know, and you know, they moved everybody on the couch and I saw her. And so at the end, I'm like, y'all, let's just pray for her because it was just on my heart mm -hmm. to pray for her. So, so I just, I just spoke a word of healing to it. And I told her, okay, walk to the end of the room and come back. She was limping the whole night. She did not limp going That's to cool. the end of the room and coming back because the pain had stopped. It was still purple and hard and swollen. But the pain had stopped. And I'm just really eager to get there Wednesday to hear the testimony of how God has yeah. healed out to, to see the difference or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that she got up and walked to the end of the room, that's faith. Yeah. Because all night she was limping. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, so, that's awesome. But but we do have to now again, it's not our responsibility to make people walk in faith. If, if God put the compassion on our heart to pray for somebody, and they, they don't want to do anything, because some, some now, now sometimes people are like in wheelchairs or crippled or something, you know, if they get healed, then they got to give up disability, they got to go get a job. Mm -hmm. So that ain't on you, and yeah. it doesn't mean God wasn't moving through you. They have a responsibility to respond to the word, the word that God has given them. Yeah. And so, and again, some people don't move in compassion because they think, well, what if that person don't get up out the wheelchair? Yeah. Well, it's up to that person. Yeah. The power is in you, yeah. but it's also in their faith for them to get up. And if they don't want to get up and they don't believe, that's not on you. And and you shouldn't stop 
or be discouraged to move yeah. and what God tell you to move to based off those situations. That, that ain't your fault. Yeah. No, you, you just respond. I mean, I, faith is not magic. It's the power of God. It's not you, like you're saying. Yeah. You did what you, if you move, like Ms. Wanda was saying, if you do what you feel on your heart and somebody doesn't respond, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Y'all ever heard that? Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to bust down your door, tie you up, and make you do it. Now, sometimes we wish you would, don't we? Because <laughs> we want to see God move in people's lives. But we also have to remember, guys, like, it's a journey, too, like faith. Like, I came, I grew up in church really became a Christian for myself as an adult. You know what, guys? I couldn't find the scripture, and maybe y'all can tell me. But, you know, it's, the Bible says we move from faith to faith. That means your faith can grow. You learn to trust Yeah. As we look back on God's faithfulness, doesn't it inspire our faith? That's what the Old Testament's about, right? Do you know when you look at the children of Israel, and you look at what goes on in their life. How many times did they retell the story? You're my people. I called you. You ended up in bondage. I set you free. I brought you to the wilderness. I did this. I did that. That's why I told them to put all those piles of rocks everywhere. Those Ebenezer's, as they call them. Why? So you could look back. Oh, at this spot, this happened. And at that spot, that happened. And how many of us can do the same thing? It inspires. It gr- helps your faith to grow. Miss Ellie's going to pick on you. I'm picking on everybody today. I'm sorry. Y'all can pick on me if you're, if you're like. But I love to hear y'all's stories because y'all have told me so many stories since I've known y'all. About like, I saw God move here. And I prayed this big prayer there. When nobody believed me, I prayed it every day. They could laugh at my face. I was praying it every day. And then you got to laugh in their face because it happened. <laughs> in love, obviously. In laughing in love. <laughs> but you believe. But you could look back on your life and see that and follow that trail. And you tell other people those stories when you're getting to know them and discipling them so they can have their own stories. But we go from faith to faith. And guys, I don't want this to be, and if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I have an area of my life where I'm not fully persuaded. That's what faith is, right? It's a persuasion. You know, I love that story of the man with the son, and Jesus came down off the mountain. I've been thinking about this. And he says, you know, they couldn't, your disciples prayed. Nothing happened. And the man says, but if you would heal him, and Jesus goes, if... If you'll believe, anything can happen. And then the man, what does the man say? We all love it. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. I don't want us, as we talk about these things, and I think for some of us, maybe that you've been around this for a while, and maybe you've had the word police, as I call them, <laughs> or uh, the confession police, which depending on where you're at, or you've been um, discouraged because you were, you were told that, um, if you had questions, things wouldn't happen. Because your faith wasn't strong enough. Or, but I just want to encourage us, like when you don't know, sometimes the most honest prayer you can pray 
is Father. Because He knows everything. That's what I love about it. So who are we kidding? Father, here's the situation, and I do believe you. (laughs) I'm believing God for some money, just so y'all know. And I have to say, like, Father, I have some gaps. I'm believing you for some things, but I have some gaps. So I believe. Please help my unbelief. Please show me where I need to fill those gaps in and be more persuaded. That's as easy as it is. Because guess what, guys? Jesus still healed that guy's son. He didn't go, you jerk, you didn't believe. Get away from what? He didn't, <laughs> he didn't do that. He just said, if. And he taught the man. The man responded. His son was healed. It's a journey, guys. Faith to faith, that means there's some time in between. And it's okay. I would rather know that all of us here are really swinging for the fences, to use a baseball term. Trying. Expecting things. Going, and then like if we have an area where we strike out and we have to say, oh, I need to be persuaded there. Father, I need your help. And then we swing again. That's more helpful for, and beneficial for all of us. Just found out. For all of us to believe. Does that make sense? For all of us to be trying. Like, I, I guess the biggest thing I would say is, I think the only way you can fail in your faith is if you do nothing. And you believe for nothing. And you never try. I, still, I mean, once again, it's as simple and as hard as it is. But...